What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome back to the Autumn Wind Podcast. Coming to you here after a 23-20 thriller on the road against the Indianapolis Colts. The Raiders have won three straight and have set themselves up to control their own destiny. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Win and you're in next week at home against the rival Los Angeles Chargers. Let's break this game down first before we look ahead here on the Autumn Wind Podcast. If you had told me after the blowout loss in Kansas City that the Las Vegas Raiders would win three straight games, put themselves at 9-7, and heading into Week 18 with a position and a potential to get into the postseason, I would have called you crazy. I am generally very optimistic, and I will be the first to tell you that I thought we were dead in the water after that Kansas City game. Boy, was I wrong, and I'm sure most folks were probably having the same thought process that I did because it seemed like the team had thrown in the white, tile, the white towel there at Arrowhead Stadium, but that was not the case. There was an ugly win, very ugly win on the road against the COVID-depleted Browns. Everyone was like, yeah, well, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a depleted Browns team. It doesn't count. Hey, all wins count in the NFL. You don't get style points. That was kind of what I had said after the game. Then we play the Drew Locke-led Denver Broncos at home. And it's, eh, it's you know, Locke, you know, Teddy Bridgewater was out. The Broncos are, they're not that good. Then we play the Colts with arguably the MVP frontrunner in the league in Jonathan Taylor uh, and a team that's very well constructed, led by Frank Reich. And the Raiders go in to Lucas Oil Field and get a win on the road. That's three straight. That's three straight. It doesn't matter how you get the win, it matters to just win baby. And that's what the Las Vegas Raiders did uh, today. And that's what I hope they continue to do next week and beyond. But let's talk about this Colts game before we look ahead to the big time matchup uh, against the arch rival Chargers. Nine and seven. The Raiders are nine and seven. The first winning season since, yep, 2016. The last time we went to the postseason. And as I mentioned, they are on a three-game winning streak. I cannot tell you the last time we were we won four straight games. It probably dates back to 2016, if, if I had to if I had to guess. It's been quite a while. Obviously, we started off three and zero this year, and it's been kind of uh, up and down, up and down since. Uh, but a heck of a game. I think what's been intriguing to me the most about this three-game win streak is the fashion in which we've been winning. When you look back at 2020. The Raiders had the 10th-ranked scoring offense and the 30th-ranked scoring defense. Well, you look at the last three games, it's been quite the opposite. It's been very low-scoring, kind of bruiser, old-school AFC football, and that's ultimately what's got us these wins. And I want to kind of tip my cap to Gus Bradley, and I want to tip my cap to the defense because this has been a defensive team the last three weeks, and it really starts up front all the way back into the secondary, but we've only allowed 17 points per game during the three-game win streak. 17 points per game. You're going to give yourself a puncher's chance, regardless of how good or bad your offense is, if you hold your opponent to under 20, quite honestly, in the NFL. I think the average in the NFL is in the, in the, in the low to mid-20s, so uh, that's fantastic. Now, I, I think everyone's going to rebuttal and say, yeah, well, you played, uh, you played Mullins, who was the third-string quarterback in Cleveland, 
Then he played Locke, and then Carson Wentz is, is okay, I guess. Uh, and all that's fair. All that's fair. We have our hands full. We have our hands full against Herbert. Uh, in, in fact, today he broke the single-season touchdown passing record in Chargers history. Uh, he has 35 passing touchdowns on the season. Derek Carr has 20, to put that into context. Uh, and, and only 14 interceptions. That's, that's Justin Herbert I'm talking about. So uh, it is definitely a different beast that the Raiders will play at the quarterback position than they've played in the last three weeks. That's, that's certainly fair to say. However, although the Chargers won today against Denver, they also just laid an egg last week against the lowly Houston Texans. So as the old Al Pacino movie says, it's any given Sunday. In our case, any given Saturday, maybe, because the game might get flexed into a national TV spot. But nevertheless, tip of the cap goes to the defense. And it's funny because there isn't a clear-cut defensive MVP, uh, at least in my opinion. Obviously, Denzel Perryman's been very good. He's going to the Pro Bowl. Casey Hayward's been solid. Nate Hobbs has been a good revelation in the draft. Uh, Crosby's usually pretty good. But, but it's a collective effort, right? There isn't necessarily an all-pro dominant performance by one player. But collectively as a unit, this, this team really, really is bought into Gus Bradley's system. It's a simplistic system, uh, but, but it eliminates the thinking. It eliminates the second guessing. And, and I think you can see that. I think the players are decisive. They know their roles. They know where they need to be. Then comes the execution factor. And I think this team is on the verge of, of being very good on defense if they can finish. And, and there's one play that comes to mind from this particular game. It was actually the T.Y. Hilton touchdown catch because Trayvon Merrig and uh, not Nate Hobbs, Casey Hayward, excuse me, both had a chance to intercept the ball. Very poorly thrown ball by Carson Wentz. Instead, it was tipped and it landed right into the hands of T.Y. Hilton for the Colts touchdown. So that's my challenge to the defense. Yes, the points per game from the opponents has been low, but not enough takeaways. I would like to see more takeaways from this defense, especially against the Chargers. Give ourselves a short field. Give, theirsel- give ourselves extra possessions, especially given the fact that the offense has had its challenges. I'll put it like that. So let's transition over to the offense because this is unique going into this, considering we, we won three games the offense has been very sputtery, very, very choppy, uh, and it's been unimpressive, quite honestly, outside of a, a player or two. But it always starts and ends with the quarterback who, uh, whether the Raiders go 10-7 and seven and make the playoffs or, or, or they don't, uh, Derek Carr is and will always be the talk of the offseason for the Raiders. But we'll save that debate for another time. I'm just going to talk about Derek Carr today in the last few games. He was not very good, I'll be honest with you. He was not very good. Yes, was he quote-unquote efficient? Yeah, he was efficient, 24 of 31, 255 yards. He did have a, a, a touchdown to Renfro, but two interceptions and almost a third that just was a flat-out drop. We cannot have that. We cannot turn the ball over against the Chargers. They are way too explosive to give them extra possessions. And in the last four games, Derek Carr has more interceptions than he does touchdowns. Four touchdowns to five interceptions in the last four games, the previous four games. That's not even including the lost fumbles because I know he's had a few as well. So quite honestly, we've been winning despite Derek Carr. 
not because of Derek Carr. And I've praised him and I've criticized him. This is me, me being objective here. I don't mean to ruffle any feathers, but that's the truth. We've been winning despite Derek Carr. The other end of that token is you can argue if Carr plays well, finds a way to play well, and the defense continues doing what we're doing, we could be in a very good spot next week against the Chargers. So Derek Carr, we need you. We need you. Yes, Derek Carr had his 29th game-winning drive against the Colts, but I want to see that decisive game-winning drive, Derek Carr, from the first quarter, not until we fall behind or it's late in a close game. I want to see that decisive, quote-unquote, Mamba mentality from day one, from the second, (coughs) excuse me, from the second the kickoff goes. Yes, the offensive line has had struggles. Yes, Darren Waller has been out. And, of course, the departure of Henry Ruggs. But nevertheless, Derek Carr, you're up for an extension. Go out there and prove why you're worth or not worth big money. Speaking of big money, uh, as someone who should see an extension this offseason and and likely will, and that's Hunter Renfro. Big congrats to Hunter Renfro for eclipsing the 1,000-yard mark on the season, first time in his career. Hunter Renfro also has 99 receptions on the season, putting him in elite company of Raiders all-time greats at the receiver position. Tim Brown and Jerry Rice, two first ballot Hall of Famers. Today, Renfro had seven receptions, 76 yards and a touchdown, nearly had two touchdowns and got called back on a sensational throw and catch between him and his buddy Derek Carr. So Hunter Renfro, he has been something Special and the Raiders need to lock that man up long term. Another good performance offensively was Zay Jones. In fact, in his fifth NFL season, he had his first 100 yard game, eight receptions and 120 yards. So, definitely tip of the cap to Zay Jones. So, some very good efforts out there by number seven. Josh Jacobs coming off of a career high in rushing yards last week had an okay game. 63 yards, a touchdown on 3.9 yards per carry. He's going to be another big one. He's going to be another big one, him and that offensive line. We need them. We need them for sure. Uh, And lastly, and possibly the most exciting aspect of the offense for me uh, today was Marcus Mariota. So tip of the cap also goes to Greg Olson for utilizing Mariota frequently. In fact, he had three carries and 16 yards, making that 5.3 yards a pop. That's a wrinkle. If you remember last time we played the Chargers at Allegiant Stadium where Mariota played the whole game, and he was sensational for most of the game. So that's a secret weapon, and this is win-and-get-in mode. So that's something the Raiders, Greg Olson, Rich Basaccia, certainly need to utilize as a weapon at home against the Chargers. I will actually be in attendance at the game. Yes, that's right. The Autumn Win Podcast is taking its show to Allegiant Stadium. In fact, it will be my first time inside of Allegiant Stadium, so I'm very, very excited. It's ironic because I used to always go as a kid to Qualcomm when the Raiders would play the Chargers in San Diego. I've been countless times. So uh, I didn't intentionally pick the Charger game, just kind of how the way it worked out with my schedule. But obviously, it's a big one. It seems like it's going to be flexed into a national TV spot, either Sunday night or Saturday. Uh, And I will be there in person watching. So if you're listening to the podcast, if you like the podcast, hit me up on Twitter. Shoot me a DM. I'd love to meet you in person. I'll be at the game uh, wearing my silver and black, rooting on the Raiders, and hopefully seeing us clinch our first playoff berth in about five years. Uh, This is something uh, that is not 
something that I expected a few weeks ago, but here we are. And as the great Chris Berman always said, that's why you play the game. That's why you play the game. We're, we could talk about all the cliches and, and the adversity that the Raiders have overcome this year. I'm not interested in all that right now. I'm interested in week 18 against the Chargers. Find a way to win. Gus Bradley, Greg Olson, Derek Carr, Rich Passaccia, you should have the game plan of your life because this is the biggest Raiders game in a very, very long time. That's a wrap for this week's edition of the Autumn Wind Podcast. If today is your first time tuning into the show, I want to welcome you and thank you for listening. Please do me a favor, open up your phone and head over to Twitter where you can follow the Autumn Wind Podcast at Autumn Wind Pod. You can also do the same on Instagram under the same handle. I hope everybody's safe. I hope everybody had a happy new year. And as always, just win, baby.